0: Good morning, everybody. Today, was sure, we'll be learning daf tzadik and And we were starting from the top of tzadik ches Ahmed aleph. And we're doing this new miftah, daf day if we can. So, yesterday we were discussing the imach mas is the very top of tzadik ches amr aleph. If the produce is cheaper because of the market price, what's going on? Well, somebody had, right, a coin and they made a financial arrangement. The specifics of the arrangements were essentially a bartering. It is very important to note, Andrew, coins weren't like they are today in the sense that today, if you have a quarter, as long as it works, it is worth a quarter, right? In those days, you could have a a coin that, value changes if it loses more or less silver right the the fact that it was tied in to the commodity like silver matters so the size of the coin would matter for example right if they uh uh, you know sometimes we have like a dime is worth more than a nickel right in our case even though a nickel is bigger right but that i don't think they had that right in those days in those days it was closer tied in to the amount of metal that was in the coin, okay? So that, that matters also because here the question is what happens if the coin is, is uh, promised and then it's devalued or increases in value? Do you have to account for that difference? So this last thing of the produce is just saying, well, maybe it didn't devalue. Maybe just there was general inflation and fruit was so plentiful or, or deflation or whatever. If fruit was plentiful and everything got cheaper. And so it had nothing to do with the actual value of the coin in the, in the uh, isolated value of the coin. It had more to do with the buying power of the coin relative to how much it could buy. So the last point that we were making is if the coin was worth the same, but it could, uh, you know, in the abstract, so to speak, but it can buy more because everything else got a little bit cheaper. So then you don't have to account for that then you don't, you, have, you don't have to get, pay back more. It just happens to be that the coin buys more and for that, you don't have to pay back more. Anyway, the Gemara asks, So the idea here is that even if produce is cheaper because of the market price, but not because of the fact that the coin got uh, more, uh, uh, became more valuable, It's still more valuable because, and this has to do with the amount of metal, with the fact that you can make, what, Nazca? Ingots. What are ingots, Andrew, do you know? It's like little things that you make out of of silver. Measurements of silver. That's right. So that's the point. The point is that it has more silver in it. So if it has more silver in it, so then it's more valuable. This is what I was meaning when I was saying that it has more, right? You receive more silver than you lent out, Right, That would have an issue of ribus That's the problem. Maybe there should be a problem of ribbus. That's what Rashi explains. In Aska, let's just read the second Rashi. Inbala hatichad, but lasot in him, grutos, right, grutos so, are ingots, 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 ingots. ingats. So if, again, so if you have, if you were to grind down this coin and make ingots out of it, then you're going to have Yeshutem and of the Havi ribas. Right, so the issue is again, can you return back a different amount than you got? Would it be a violation of rivers? So at the end of the day, how does the Gemara conclude? It says of Papa Uvda. When they used to uh, rule over this, they used to say de Agardemis Taya. What's Agardimus t- Taya? the, the Arab. A Tayah is an Arab. Manya. What's going on here? Ten to eight. So there is a whole story with a uh, Agardimus Tama. So Rash says of the Uvda, there was a person that would be Matbeo, and then he would add on it. They would go to and they would go to Agardimus Soicher Shmal Soich A Agardimus was like this Arab merchant. What happened in that story? So he's telling you, Rash is telling you the whole story that basically the value changed. 25%, right? That's what 8 to 10 is. How is 8 to 10 25%? Because you take 8, and then 25% of that is 2. And what are they saying? They're saying that there is a sort of fluctuation that's considered regular, right? That let's say if the, if the buying power of the large new coin is a little bit greater or a little bit less, as long as right the new coin was no more than 25% greater than the old coin, then that used to be Right, the amount that they used to not have to adjust for for ribbis. So this this brings you right to the to halachas. Right, you look at your idea. It's so Yeah, it's amazing. He's a socher yishmael. So you're saying why do we care what a socher yishmael does, Barry? Yeah, so Barry's saying he wasn't. This wasn't like a yeshiva. Are you saying because of ribbis? So so Barry's pointing out. We don't have issues of Ribus with the Sok Ishmael, right? So why would we uh, why would we care what a Sir Ishmael does? Uh, that, that's, a, that's, a very, that's a very good question, right? In other words, but the point is that the so, so first of all, that's a very good question. But the point is that the fact that he was of uh, not a, not of Jewish descent, that was Sokh nonetheless, he had old and he had new coins, right? And it was just a question of, he was the coin merchant. So think of him more as like the mint, right? Or like the government that, that, that mints the coins, right? They were using his coins to, and the, and the Jews were using his coins to have commerce with each other. So I think when they're talking about our God, they're just talking about his coins that he had, as I understand it, okay? In other words, he had both old and new coins. It's not that they were doing uh, business with him, right? They just knew that that's the guy that had the coins in his coin store, so to speak, right? He was the money guy that they would go to. And there was this question here, right? They, they If they had eight new coins, had the same amount of silver as 10 old coins, they said that even if, right, the larger coin is is not greater than than the older, it's not as much of a problem. In other words, he just had the old and the new coins, Barry. So they weren't doing the, uh, the commerce with him. Okay? They were just getting the coins from him. So that's important. The reason they mentioned him is because he was the one with the coinage. So since he was the one that had uh, these variety of coins. But what is the point of, of, um, of Agardemus is that he, uh, in those days, that particular change, right? It wasn't like a lira to a shekel or an old shekel to a new shekel, where the inflation was so dramatic and the change was so dramatic that it was like 400-fold. It was like a 25% change of old coins and new coins. In that particular case, they didn't think that the difference was wide enough that they could, they could say that it would be a problem of ribis. That was the point, okay? So it had nothing to do with him doing commerce. They were doing commerce with each other. And the question is, in those specific days, what was the change in the value of the coins? Not enough to be to constitute ribbis. Okay, that's that's that discussion. Okay, getting back a little bit more to coins as follows. This has to do with back to hezek right, not to ribbis. We're getting out of the world of ribbus, and we're four lines down. We're saying Amar Hazorik Yom Hagadol Potter. Unbelievable. Bar, uh, should we use Barry and Andrew here? It's not such a big deal. He's throwing your. Andrew, he's throwing your coin into the Mediterranean Sea. He's potter. Why is he potter? He's doing hezek to you. Rashi, potter, kinemfarish shehaisa It's unbelievable. Two things. First of all, it doesn't matter. Rashi says kinemfarish Azil. Rashi says the Gemara is going to explain it. So we really just read the Gemara and understand what the case is. But already you must be asking, Barry, Barry, if you throw Andrew's money into the sea, how are you potter? So the Gemara is going to explain. My timer. Why is Barry Potter? Well, he says, Barry says to Andrew, look down in the Baltimore Harbor. We're going to use the Baltimore Harbor instead of the Mediterranean Sea. Look down. See it? Ibai Shakley, Go get it. Okay, so it's an interesting thing. At the end of the day, it's not lost. You haven't lost the money. You're looking at the money. It's just that It's a little hard to get, but that's the difference between (laughs) that's the difference between Hezek and you have to understand. Just like we had yesterday, if you if you lend like the entire is different than what we're than our sensibility. So we have to shift a little bit, right? Because after all, if you if you did that, wouldn't you think that? I mean, it's not a right thing to do, but at the end of the day, just like if you are renting something. And it gets damaged by onus. You would think that you'd have to pay back. It's not the way it works. In a did You don't have to pay it back because a soicher is not high of an onus, right? Similarly here, it's technically, you would think of it as something that in court, they would say, what are you talking about? Andrew's not going to hire, or, I mean, how is he going to go to the bottom of Baltimore Harbor and get the coin? But if you could see it and the coin's still there, then according to Halacha, he hasn't suffered the damage yet. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's take it a little bit slow here. The Gemara says, well, first of all, that's only true if the Baltimore Harbor is clear that day, the water is clear, and you could actually see it. Right, if it's gone into an abyss, then it's lost. It's as good as lost, right? As the Gemara continues to say, in lo, loka chazile, throw it into, right, the Hudson River, where it's just all, it just looks like chocolate milk. You can't see anything. So then, if you can't see it, then certainly you're going to be. Chayev um, for making him lose it, okay? And furthermore, the and also a second factor. So there's two factors. The first factor that's going to make Barry not Chayev is that the water has to be clear and Andrew has to still be able to see it. The second factor is that he knocked the coin into the sea out of Andrew's hands. That's what adya Adyaduye means, as opposed to Avaal, Shakle Bidei Migzol Gazle. If he literally took it out of Andrew's hand and then threw it into the sea, that's a goslin, right? So it's a fascinating thing, right? We're breaking down everything into its components. So in a din tira, it would matter because if Barry grabbed it out of Andrew's hand, now it's in Barry's possession. That's a goslin. So now it's like like we said, quinion and gazela are what's making it uh, stolen. So if he steals it out of Andrew's hands and throws it into the water, so then. Barry's going to be hive to pay him back or because it's really Barry's, essentially, at that point. right? And, and like once it's Barry's, Barry has to return it. So you, so you could go, Barry, you could go diving for it in the bottom of the harbor and give it back to Andrew, or you could just pay him from your own money. But either way, you're going to have to pay him back if you took it out of his hand. But amazingly, if you knocked it out of his hand and didn't touch it, never took it from him, so then it never became yours, Barry, and therefore it's still Andrew's, and we could see it at the bottom of the of the harbor, and therefore nothing's happened yet. As they say in Israel, lo kara klum, nothing technically happened yet, and therefore it's not going to be. You're not going to be chayev. Okay, so therefore, if shakl evide migzav and then hashava bayimivod, right? So as we said, if he actually took it in his own hand, then it's berries, and he has to return it, right? And therefore, uh, it matters again. If it's a clear water and you're not going out of Andrew's hands, you're not chayef. So ten ten lines down, massive Rava. Rava asks his rabbi the following questions in shir. We're going to see a series of halachas over here. We're going to have a fun day, Barry. series of halachas and a series of questions of the great, insightful Rava um, from all over Shas. About the different halachas, different nuances that makes him think: Are you sure that this is what the halacha is? As follows, says Ravah: In mechala mm-hmm. and we have already talked about Mysore Shani, how you can be po'de onto coins, right? So, what in order to be po'de onto coins, the coins have to be in your possession, okay? Ketzad, what's in your pos- what's considered in your possession? Hayulomos bekistra o behar hamelach. Let's say, right, Barry has a well known stash in the Cayman Islands, right? and on all kinds of offshore accounts, but they're very far off, right? So they're not really in his possessions. That's one example. What if Barry had uh, some money that he knows he has it, but at some point when he was on a cruise, it fell out in the Mediterranean. But it's down there and the water is clear, but like, He hasn't gone through the trouble of of getting a a diving crew to go get it. So, can you consecrate? Can you be poyde your baisa shaini on such coins? So, right? So, we say, right? The baisa says, ain't mechalin. He cannot. Oh. So, what's the kasha? The kasha is simple. The kasha is, the baisa is. Um not qualifying it, right? It's categorical. The Bryce is saying it doesn't it doesn't say whether it's clear or not clear. It just sounded like if the water is in the Baltimore Harbor, or the, if the money rather is in the Baltimore Harbor or in the Amagadol, it's not considered to be in Barry's possession. And therefore, it's it's not viewed as retrievable. So thus if Barry knocked the water, knocked the money out of Andrew's hand and it fell into said water, it would seem that Barry would have to repay him. So why is it that Rabba Paskins that Barry doesn't owe Andrew money for knocking his water into the harbor, and yet the Brisa says that Barry cannot uh, be paid to his ma'aser onto that that uh, money? So is the money considered in the person's possession or not? Says the Gemara Amar Rabbah. So he asks the question sheer. So Rabbah says sheni lane ma'aser ma'aser My sheni is different. The ve'inan because the Pasik by uh, expects you to for it to be in your possession in a more serious way. How do we know? Because that's what the Torah says. It says, You have to look at This very pasuk that describes right, the process of of the Maishr Shani on two coins is, says So is an extra level of possession that you need to have a Maishr Shani and so since Barry, in the case of um, the money falling into the ocean, does not have the money in hand, literally and figuratively, therefore he can't be poida on it. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't own it with respect to uh, nizikin. So that was the Rebbe's brilliant answer to the Talmud's brilliant question. Next, halacha, Fascinating. You know, shifshuf is to rub. So a person is rubbing out the coin on of his friend. He's putter. So another f- fascinating case where he's putter. Now, rubbing out the coin, my friends, is definitely gonna make it no longer discernible as a coin. And it's not the, the, you're gonna bring it to the makolah, they're not gonna accept that denomination. So why is he putter? I mean, it's not usable anymore. So it kind of is and it kind of isn't, right? It's not the denomination. <laughs> Is is uh, is gone? So you don't, you can't use it in the Makolot, but it's still worth the silver, right, of the coin. So let's see. So again, Barry rubbed out Andrew's coin. You can't see what what, what it was. My timer. So why is he putter from actually damaging Andrew's money? The law of the law of the because he did no physical damage to the coin at all. So what do you mean he did no physical damage? Again, because the coin is still there the denomination has been taken out. So, so we'll see how this works. The honey mealy, the That's what's going on, okay. So where he beat the coin out, like it beat all the engravings out, beat, beat the ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, so to speak, out of the likeness, out of the coin. But again, he did not file it down. He just beat it into smoothness. So then he's not gonna be chayiv, why? Because it has the same amount of silver content, that's the point. So he decreases value, right? You can't use it to makol anymore. It doesn't look like anything, but it's not actual damage. It's called a grama. This is an unbelievable idea, an unbelievable idea. Why is it not actual damaged? Because uh, it's not enough of a physical. This is really. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna question this. Rava is certainly not going to let this halacha go in sheer. But it sounds like it's not enough of physical ja- damage simply because the amount of silver has not uh, has not diminished. Contrastly, continues the Gemara, where you actually literally filed it down, and thus there was like shavings of silver on the floor, and you made it lose some silver. Then Chasura chaserah. Now there is less silver. And for that, Barry would have to compensate Andrew. So this is fascinating. After all, in light of our Mishnah, we have a Mishnah that said that if if coin became cracked, so then that would be enough of a change that we m'chayev the goslin to pay back. Whereas if a coin became devalued, but it didn't physically change, so then you would not have to pay. But this was a physical change, albeit no lossage of Right, silver, no loss of silver, but still there was a physical change here. So, right, in other words, once you took out the engraving, so why is he not going to be chayev? So, Masih Rava. Rava's going to ask the question in Sheer. So we get to, we get to sit in on Sheer and see what's going on. Rava's asking from what? Of all things, avadim, unbelievable. Just like the, at the tip of his finger, to, <laughs> right, the svaras that underlie sugyas. Right, the underpinning, the logical underpinning of sugyes that seem to have no connection are at the tip of his fingertips. Right, How he makes these analogies is unbelievable. So here we go. Masav Rabbi asks, he A person hits his evid and blinds him. Now, when he blinds him, it's not like his eyeballs fell out. Like his eyeball is still there. But you look at him and it doesn't function anymore. Ah. Or al-ozna Khersha, right? He hit his ear. He didn't rip his ear off. He hit him in his ear and now he made him that action will set the Evid free. Oh. And then, remember, we, we just did this, price and not so long ago. It says, And we made the contrast that if you did it near the eye, right, or near the ear, even though you blinded and deafened him, he's not going to go to Cherus. We've already seen this. It has to be an actual hit on the ear or the eye, but the ear or the eye is still there. And yet, the Evid's eye and ear don't work no more, and that's enough to set him free, right? So that's what Rashi says. It says, Alma afa gav even though the eye and the ear are not missing, kaven dasa maise, begufo lav gramma kachashivle. Right? Since he did something to him that changes, that's not grama, elamamish, right? It's considered real hezek, so so too by the coin. This is what I, I mean, I would have asked it, I would not have known to ask from Evid. But I would have asked the same question. Here, what did you do? You hit the coin. Okay, granted, you didn't lose any silver, but you devalued it. It's considered a Misa. That's the question of Rava. That's what we would have asked. In other words, you certainly did a Misa. You hit a coin that had an engravement, that gave it value. It's now flat and it has no value. That's not grumma. Right? The, the Rabbah is saying in Shira that it's grumma. Rabbah like, that's not grumma. When you hit an Eved and he still has eyes, but he can't see, we consider that real Hezek. We set him free. So how is this a grumma? Right? Grumma is causative. It's a very big sugya. But I mean, how is it causative if you did a direct hit and you devalued it? What's grumma about that? Okay, So you could say, oh, it's grumma because the coin itself didn't really lose silver. It's just like the way people react to it when it no longer has any value is that it doesn't have value. Uh, okay. But, so, so anyway, Rav trying to bring an example from, from the evidence. This is the Gemara. Rav The Gemara sounds like it's answering on his behalf. Rav consistent with something he said elsewhere. consistent with something he said elsewhere. So let's say, for example, somebody... Are oh, you not allowed to hit your parents? Right, uh aviva imo mosi mas. Right, that's the capital punishment. So, a person uh, deafens his father chavon by hitting him in the ear. The ear is still there, but he's going to get killed. He defends him; he's going to get killed. Why? Because it's impossible to hit in the ear without any chabura, and also the tifta the dima naflos Because there's going to be uh, some uh, some bleeding that's going to go on. Which is to say. There's no such thing by inevitably. By nevid, it's okay, the ear is still there. You look at the eye, the eye ball is ball still in the socket, but you did do an actual act of chabur. It is for that reason that by the he goes free, because that's not grumma, as opposed to when you hit the coin with the hammer, so that is still considered grumma. Continuing with that, thirteen lines up from a rabba, Hatsorim and Paroso Shul Oh wait, I think that was it. Wow. Is that are you satisfied, Barry? Like it sounds, why would this? Why would this be uh, anything other than the grammar? It's it's really um, an expense of having the coin restamped. That's the point. See, the, again, the Torah is talking about the following thing. I just have to I have to explain this a little bit more because that's the end of that uh, specific shaila. Barry, as I said, they didn't consider the value of the money. Just like, like we have credit cards and like all of that is abstract. Like we don't talk about money in that way in the times of the Gemara. They didn't consider the value of the money to be the engraving and the fact that everybody calls it a quarter. They considered the silver to be the value of the money. Ah, you can't use it in the Makolot if it doesn't have the proper engraving on it. Okay, so, buy, so pay a guy, right? Pay uh, Agdimas, whatever, the, the, the Ishmael merchant, to, to mint it for you, and then you can go use it. So you pay him like a small amount. I mean, it costs less than a quarter, obviously, so you wouldn't do it. But you pay him two nickel, two, two pennies, and, you, and he engraves it into a quarter for you. You see, the, 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 the way minting worked was different in those days. So the value of the coin was technically supposed to be the silver of it. And then the the grumma is that now he has to go, right, and mint it a little bit in order to use it in the makolet. That's why it's a grumma, okay? That's, Simi- it, it's similar to the, to the coin in the ocean where like the coin is still there, the value is still there. What's the grumma? He has to pay a diving expedition to go get it, right? So it's, it, this is why it's called groma. Fine. 13 lines up. A new halacha. I'm a rabbi. Sorry, This is a really mean thing to do. Andrew had a cow. This cow was going to be one of the nicest carbonas in all of Baltimore. And yet somebody nicks his ear. Now the cow can't be used as a karbon. This is called a grumma. Because the cow is still valuable at Wasserman and is all the same. But as far as bringing it to Korba, now Andrew has to go buy another one, right? Because it's puzzle to go on the Mizbeah. So grumas are potter here, right? Grumabinizikin is pater. It's an unbelievable idea. We don't think of it that way, but you, ca- you say it you caused damage, isn't it? No, but we hold that it's pater. Pater, not chayev, okay? My time. what's the reason? Parake the kaima, kaima. Right? The, the animal... The para is still sells it the same. It's, doesn't, it's not really as far as meat, as far as value, as far as skin. All those things remain the same. The only thing it's not good for anymore is a carbon. It's terrible. Uh, Andrew's very disappointed. But it's still, as far as a cow, you could sell it for the same amount in the shuk. He didn't do anything really. So you say, ah, he can't use it for uh, carbon. Yeah, but not all animals are destined for the mizbech. So it just... Switched right subtly from an animal that can be used to, uh, for a to an animal that cannot. That's not considered real hezek. Wow. Ravaz and Shear, Masav Revan, he asks, he raises his hand, he says, So we know, we've learned, Sechas Yuma, Rech Hashem, so we know that the, the Paraduma, the Mechatas, and the Paraduma itself cannot be used for work. You can't use it for work. Once you do it, it's a puzzle right, it's no longer usable. So this guy did sponja with the mechatas. Can you believe that? So he used it, it's now a puzzle. So, so let's say Andrew was gonna sell his paraduma. That would be, as we've said, that would be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And all of a sudden, Barry thinks it's a good idea to use that, that paraduma of Andrew's to like mow his lawn or whatever. So now he's lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. The Brisa says, Barry is potter. The entire is not going to work out because he didn't really do anything visible. However, he's Chayev in Shemaim. Okay? Because, because why? Malachahu D'loh He says, so Rava, again, he's asking a question on an inference from a Brisa with regards to paraduma that there, the melacha, using the cow, f- is something where the hezek of the para aduma is not visible, right? It still looks like the same cow, but the hezek cannot be visible, and therefore, we're gonna say that it is for that reason that he's adam, he is but if you nick the ear of a cow, where you could actually see, you look at the ear closely, you see a piece of its ear is missing, so adam. maybe there, Right, whereas in the b'ris of paraduma, you don't see any visible change. So therefore, you're puter Bidina adam. But maybe if you see a physical change on the ear, in the inference off of that b'ris, our says you should be high of b'dine adam. Says the gemara, amri you Adin, the feel a tsarim No, the fact is, even if you had nicked the ear of the paraduma, you still be you still be puter. Wow. So then, why is the gemara not teaching you that halacha? Says the gemara. The Chiddush is that even if Barry just used it and there was no visible change in the cow whatsoever, the Chiddush is you still chai v'Din Hashemayim. Din it's not a good idea. Uh, you're going to get punished for doing this tremendous loss. That's the Chiddush. And so it specifically used the case where there was no discernible damage. But even, but if there had been a little bit of a discernible damage. Um, he still would have been poter bedine adam in bez, and you could not do anything for nicking somebody's ear. Fine. Next halacha. Sorry, This is going to take us to the end here. I think. You got Andrew has an IOU. Phil owes him a lot of money, and he's going to collect from a contract that he has in his drawer. Barry is having a day. He takes Andrew's star and sets it on fire. Does Barry have to pay Andrew? No, he's Potter. Why? The Amalei and the What are you? It, I, all I did was burn. Okay, I'll pay you for the paper. The paper has no inherent value, so it's not it's not worth more than the paper it's written on. Uh, so I'm not high for anything. That's unbelievable. That's a grammar. That's a real serious grammar. Phil owed Andrew a million dollars. Now and now Phil can't collect it. Here we go, guys. Highlight of the day. Kifla, Rami Barchama. Ravi Barchava asks the most insightful question of the day. Svara, always a Svara. Hechi, dami as we turn. What was the case? He says like this. He says, What's the case? He says, Andrew can never, I'll say it outside first. Ravi Barchava is saying, Andrew can never collect the million dollars that Phil owes him from Barry for having destroyed the contract. Why? Because remember, the contract is Andrew's evidence that Phil owes him a million dollars, right? Barry just crushed the evidence. So it's not a direct hezek, it's just a, a crushing of the evidence. Ryan Bachana says the following clever observation. He says, well, what's the case? If there are edim that say how much money it was, then you have edim. Then nothing happened. Lo Eden Edim, like getting rid of the piece of paper, meant nothing, right? And if there are no Adim, right, of how much it was, then how are we going to know, how would we ever know how much it was? In other words, whose word are we taking it that it was a million dollars? In other words, even if we wanted to award Andrew the money and make Barry pay it, we wouldn't know how much to make Barry pay it. Like if there were ADIM, then we don't need the star. If there's no ADIM, then we have no way of knowing what was on the star, and then there was no way of saying how much he would pay. So regardless, as they say, there'd be no way of pinning down an amount. So you're talking about in the abstract, you know, like does Barry owe Andrew money? But let me walk you through it. There's no way of telling how much money you can do it. Unless there's aidum, which is because we don't need the star all together. Ah, oh, what a clever what a clever guy. So so, so let's read it inside. I have a star, if you have Aidam it's tell you what's in the star, le star Right? Then then Write the <laughs> like bring the eighthum, let's rewrite the start. then if you don't have uh witnesses, non money you done. We don't have to know the amount, we don't wouldn't know how much to charge Barry. Amarava, so his chavrusa says Ah clever. It has to be a case where the fact is that that Andrew trusts Barry Barry trusts Andrew nobody's arguing what the amount is that's the pay. that's what Rashi says right? that despite the fact that there is no controversy as to how much the star was for still Barry's Pater because this is not what's considered Nezek this is considered Grama unbelievable Chiddush okay okay so now we're going to say was this was this here we go afterburners watch this this halacha, the inat chayev, for burning a document of IOU. Machlokas oh, Reb Shimon Maybe it's Machlokas tonight. La Reb Dami. So that's a whole shayla. This is a shayla of grama, or garmi, causative. Causative damage. There's something that causes you, this is now the fundamentals, right? All of these halachas we're talking about were not direct damage, causative damage. So Reb Shimon says that causative damage is damage. And therefore machayev. It should be chayev for all of these cases, I would say, right? That that's what that's what sounds like us, right? Dami, Dami, but we hold like the Rabanun. Right? The Rabbanon held that a gramma is just not Chayev. It's Lav kamamon Dami. It's not like making a loss of money and therefore Lomchayev. And Rabbah is teaching all these cases because he holds like the right? That's the Jewish way to say that grama is not chayev. Although there is, right, Rabbi Shimon who holds it Yura. So and Laravun the Riv Shua, objects. He says, "This is not the same machlokas." Even if you held like Rabbi Shimon, that right that these causative Mamonos, these causative uh, hezeks are like hezek itself. It has to be something that's inherently money. What will be the case where Raba says that? Like for example, we have three people here. Okay, uh, Barry was in a mood. He stole Andrew's um, baguettes. Okay, he did so on Purim. Fine. Then Ba'ach Sarfo and then Phil takes it from Barry. Now it still belongs to Andrew. And technically, it should. And Phil burns it. So b'moed pater b'moed, as Rashi explains, is he Phil takes it and throws it into the fire during beer chametz. Then he's pater. Everybody's throwing it into beer chametz, as Rashi explains. That's when everyone's throwing it in. Okay, so that's fine. So that Andrew would have done the same. However, Shachol Mitzuyim of That's how the Gemara says it. That everyone is Mitzuve to burn it. However, La Pesach. Here's the problem. Chametz Shavar of Pesach. Uh, if is is not is usher at that point, right? But there. So what happened? Again, had Andrew had this bread, right? He would have thrown it in already and burned it before Pesach. But the bread is still in the world, and now it became unusable, not by being thrown into the fire or an air of Pesach like it's supposed to, but by passing over, as it were, Pesach. So, what's going on? She says that <laughs> It's a causative thing. What's the causative? Because this is a funny thing. Barry took the stuff from Andrew. This is a fascinating thing. Barry took the bread from Andrew. After Passover Pesach, it's no longer valuable. However, it is valuable to Barry. Why? Because Arei lefanecha. it was a non-visible hezek. Barry could have given it back to Andrew, albeit Andrew would have had to get rid of it. But Barry still had use for it. He could have given back the same sack of baguettes and, and been, uh, absolved himself of the need to return it to Andrew. You see? What did Phil do when he burned it after Pesach? He took away Barry's ability to return it to Andrew. Now Barry has to go buy a whole new thing of baguettes and return it to Andrew. That is the Grumma. Okay? So, so he says there Shimon that says the Grumma is chayvish Right. So again, according to the Rabbanon, even when Phil burrowed, burnt Barry's baguettes that really belonged to Andrew, that he stole from Andrew, right, it would be. He would be Potter because it, again, it's not a direct hezek, because those baguettes were valueless, but because they, they passed over Pesach, but they're not valueless because they have the value of Barry being able to use it to give it back to Andrew, and that value has been taken away, right? He has to go get more baguettes, and therefore he is. Uh, uh, Phil would be Chayev according to Rav Shimon who says that that's mamon, and Pater according to him, who says it's not. Okay. However, here's the whole. Here's the whole inference. The chametz has intrinsic value. The bread has value. So that whole halacha of the davar garam lamam on ain't that's with something tangible like bread. But the paper, we never talked about. So maybe when it comes to the paper, even Rabbi Shimon would say that it's grama, because it's not even really something inherently valuable. So, so, so therefore, right? So therefore, they would not have this machlokas necessarily by Ishtar. Amar Maymar, Maymar, who happens to be Rav's grandson, says. Right, Rashi says, "What's Dina de Garmi?" Giant notes. Fact of the matter is, some like Rashi, who's a big giant, holds a Garmi and Grom is the same thing. So let's assume. Let's just keep it basic like that. It's Rabbi Mayer. He identifies him. We're going to see that uh, in a couple of days over Shabbos. Dina de garmi. Dina de garmi is, let's say, it's the same as grama. Uh, Remeir takes it to the next level. He holds that grama is also chayv. So he says that he's going to take the full value written in the star. Um, and if you don't hold of the garmi, then you're only going to basically get nothing out of Barry, which is to say, the paper it's written on. So that's what Amemar says now. Uh, this is not a big long story. There was an incident. The Kafi Rafram Larvashi. Rafram pressured Ravashi. It's a little bit of a Of, a, of an extra long sugya. What, what, what's this forcing? It happened to have been Ravashi burnt a friend's chov when he was a child. So it gets into a giant sugya of if you burn a chov of a child, do you have culpability when you become an adult? It's an unbelievable sugya. That the Gemara doesn't even mention; it just sort of like casually alludes to the whole thing by saying from pressure to Rashi to pay it. But that was the backstory. Be that as it may, let's assume that he would be chayev. The be and he took for the burning of the document the entire amount, Right? Be uh, He took for the best properties. Okay. So the bottom line is, like the beam used for images, which is one of the best things that you could possibly have. So the point is, right? He, even the mint, right? If you guys, if can, he could literally like, say, oh wow, this is a really great thing to have. You can print money. Yeah, literally, he was printing money with it. Um, point is that uh, we see that even though we, up until now, we were like in, sort of like uh, thrown off by the fact that the Dina de the Gami are not Chayev, sounds like Ravash, that Rafram was in fact posketing that you would be Chayev to a certain extent. Okay, so nine lines down in the wide. Let's, let's, let's do some two dots action. That we just mentioned. Very fascinating case. So the Gemara. Right? Again, the Mishnah said, you say, it's an unbelievable thing. In other words, again, Barry steals bread from Andrew uh, before Pesach, returns it after Pesach when it's valueless. You could just give it back to him and you wouldn't be chayiv because that's not real loss. What do you mean it's not real loss? Yeah, it's not real loss because it's no physical loss so of revyakov Yaakov. that's Reb Yaakov who wrote that mishnah the Tanya, because of brisa where Yaakov says the following sure he and we've already seen this on damdam Mem hay that if you have a shore that killed that's going to it's on death row actually on but until he's until he actually gets the final psak din mahar mahar etish muktashotpsar you can do all those things so once it gets the Gzardin, it's Asr bahana you can't sell it you can't be mocked to shit, you can't shecht it and sell it in Wasserman and Lombard, or You can't do any of those things. However, before the Gamardin, din, you can do all of those things. Okay, and therefore, if before it had the Gamardin, din, Barry returned it or whatever to, let's say Barry was watching, said, uh, "Sure, for Andrew, return it to Andrew." It would be considered returned, and there would be no chiv. However, Mishnah Nigmar Dino, once the Gamardin din is down and it's asr machar and basar Right, so then you can't sell, you can't be mocked to shit, you can't sell to washerman. And you can't even return it because you're returning nothing. That was the Tanakama. However, in that price, are Yaakov Omer af Mishnig Mar the Ball of muksar that even after the Gemara did, Barry can return it to Andrew. What do you mean? It's a worthless thing. This thing's about to go. It's in death row. It's about to go get killed. My love is that not the Right? Then again, this shore didn't change physically. The only thing that changed in the shore is that now he's a marked shore, right? He's gonna be marked for death, but it's still the same shore. So Barry says to Andrew, here you go, here is your shore. And that's Hare Shal HaFanecha. Whereas the Arban would argue, and they say the reason why Barry can't return it is because the shore has fundamentally changed from being a valuable shore to being a valueless shore, and therefore Barry should not be able to return it. So, Amale Raba Raba Seter low. Now, everybody holds that if there's no physical change, and the only thing that changes that this thing is us, that Barry would be able to return it to imk because after all, we see no machlokas by Chomets Pesach. And by Chomets Pesach, everybody uh, agrees that Barry can return it to Andrew even though the bread no, is now Aser. Oh. So now we have, a, so now Rabbi is going to say, Elam HaRabba, the machlokas there by Shor is based on a different thing. He says, shashor, A fascinating idea. Can you adjudicate, does the defendant, in this case the ox, need to be in the courtroom in order to lay down the law on this ox? Rabban Savri and govrim nishashor shalom Rabbanans say that the shore has to be there. Why? In other words, what's the case? Barry is watching the shore for Andrew. Andrew's shore killed somebody. So Andrew's shore is about to get get killed. And Barry shows up to court with Andrew's shore because he's the current custodian. Andrew says to Andrew, hey, why'd you bring the shore to court? That shore, I would have run away with that shore, right? And taken him far away from here in order to preserve its life. And preserve its value. So, but now that you showed up to court with the shore berry, you delivered it to the clutches of death, and you caused me a headache. That's what their abundance say, right? Because again, they hold that the, court ha- the shore, in order to be con- uh, convicted, needs to be in court. Whereas Rav Yaakov says that you could even convict him when he's not there. So there, Barry would answer Andrew, "What did I do?" So, at the end of the day, right? They even, even if, the, even if you hit the shore, the shore is a dead man. The shore would have been convicted, and it's worthless. And therefore, I did nothing. That's the machlokus by the shore. So, then the Gemara says, "Okay, Ashkei Rav Chisda Rabbar Shmuel, right? The Shmuel said, Tunnis me to be Surah Na.' Have you learned any halacha with regards to Surah Hana?" Right, so again, they're asking, do you know anything about the sugi of the Iser as we've discussed? So, Amalei, in, I did. Ke'in she that when you say, when the Pasuk says that so you have to return what you stole, you have to return it in the state that you, re- that you stole it. This is literally like quoting our Mishnah, except for it also includes which is not like our Mishnah, Okay, all of these cases where there was a physical change. Also, the peris and the yain, we thought that that was a physical change in our mishnah. We're going to bring that up as a kasha, Bezrat Hashem tomorrow. But the bottom line is, tomorrow we'll resume a few lines up from the mishnah towards the bottom, tzarik and in order to explain this concept of the finally with the yisurah and how it affects the value of these commodities.